All right, today we are joined again for, by another Fitbox member. I'm really, really excited about this one because uh, everybody we've had on the podcast today has really started off, uh, you know, just coming out of school. I know we did on our first episode. She'd been out of school for three years and been just prepaying really aggressively. This episode is more about a journey of someone starting out where like they wanted to refinance and they couldn't because of their credit. And it was like, look, here's like steps to take to really get your, your financial situation from point A to point B. And it's exciting. And the reason why I'm excited for this is because oftentimes in finance, when we sit down and tell somebody, here's the steps to take, they're painful. And oftentimes people don't do them. It's the same thing. Like if you're in healthcare and you tell a patient, Hey, do X, Y, Z, a lot of them don't end up doing it. So when you see someone that actually does this, like, holy cow, like I'm actually impacting somebody and that's, that's what we're here for. So today that's what we're going to be talking about. Our guest is Connor. Connor, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, really before I dive into the story a little bit and start going through anything, um, I just wanted you to, to take a minute, introduce yourself to everybody, you know, your, your profession, uh, where you went to school, all that type of stuff. And yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, uh, my journey, I guess might be a little bit unique. Um, so I got my bachelor's degree in 2010, um, in health sciences. Um, and at that point I've been thinking about, uh, going to physical therapy school, but I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to become a fitness trainer or a physical therapist. So um, I, I did some internships, kind of got some experience in both fields and, um, realized that I did want to pursue physical therapy as a career. So, um, I had about four years, uh, between when I got my bachelor's degree and, and when I went back to physical therapy school. Um, and then, yeah, I graduated in 2017. Um, and I've been working since then. I'm at my second job now. Um, and I work in an outpatient setting, uh, mostly orthopedic. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Perfect. 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 And just so that way, so people know, um, when you first graduated, how much in student loans did you have? Oh man, I think I had, I think you, I heard you on a podcast recently. I think you said that the average is like one forty four hundred and forty four thousand dollars yep. I think yep. I may have been just under that but i was very close to that number so i'd say probably man, 130 140,000. yeah perfect so i mean let's go back before we even talk about the loans and everything else you did um really let's go back um you know to to that decision pt versus you know personal training what made you end up saying yes i'll go this this pt route yeah yeah absolutely so <clears throat> You know, I was lucky to have a lot of great mentors, and, and I asked this question to a lot of people. I, I asked trainers, I asked physical therapists, and I was, I was pretty uh, interested in both. I liked both. So um, basically, uh, the best advice I got regarding that career decision was uh, from a trainer, and he said, you know, if I could go back, you know, I would go to PT school because, you know, you can do everything I'm doing plus that much more. You know, you can you can put your hands on people, and and, and also the, the earning potential is more. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of was the, the turning point for me, and I chose to go down that path. Awesome, awesome. So, you go to school, like you said, you didn't go straight after uh, getting your bachelor's. You were out. You know, first first off, 
those, those four years at break, you know, just learning, working, so what did, were you able to take away from that? Because sometimes we have people go straight to PT school or straight to grad school, or whatever it is. We have other people that have that break, you know, just from that experience from working, being out in the real world, what were you able to take from that and then apply it to PT school? And now, now that you graduated from PT school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was actually really happy that, that I did that. I mean, first and foremost, I think I needed a, I felt a little burnt out after being in school pretty much my whole life. So I was happy to just have a little bit of a break from from the classroom and, and to get some real world experience. So, um, but yeah, I think with 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 working as a trainer for for four years, like I kind of got to see that end of the spectrum, um, and that there was a a lot of carryover uh, between physical therapy and uh, fitness training. So, um, you know, getting that practical experience, I think, really served me well in, in, in PT school. I think I came in with a a little bit more of a, a knowledge base, um, kind of real world knowledge uh, than maybe some of my classmates who who had gone straight through to PT school. So um, I think that's that's served me well since then, and, and especially in the setting that I that I work in now. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm in my, my second job um, as a physical therapist, and I actually work in a gym setting. So um, you know, I do like both. I have some clients that are just strictly fitness clients. I have some clients that are strictly rehab clients. And, and some are kind of in the middle. So it's kind of allowed me to kind of uh, pursue uh, a little bit of a niche um, and a little bit kind of a unique passion for me. So I'm definitely glad that um, I, I did what I did uh, when I look back now. So that is definitely awesome. That is definitely awesome. So just you guys give you some background. Um, I mean, I'm going back into some of our profile stuff and, and Connor, I mean, you originally had come on to build your profile in November of 2017. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and I believe we spoke first on an actual phone call February of the next year. So there had been some emails back and forth, but we actually talked for the first time in February, the, the following year in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we had given you some stuff to work on, so like the emergency fund and you know, extending out the loans so that way you can make payments and filing for your Perkins loans to have some forgiveness off those. Mm-hmm. And part of it was also looking for the refi. Um, mm-hmm. So just, you know, at that time, talk about graduation, starting to work, you know, those different things about setting up that game plan and then, yeah, we go from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I'll never forget the, the feeling or kind of the feeling I had in my stomach when I graduated and I looked at <laughs> the actual number of uh, student loans that I had and, and, and the, the sum total of those, those loans. So, um, you know, I looked at that and then I looked at my entry level salary and it was just an awful Um, something that I don't think I was prepared for or maybe nothing can really prepare you for so you know I just I really had no idea where to start Um, you know I had some help uh, from my parents you know throughout my undergraduate uh, degree and they've been helping me out with some loans so I didn't I didn't really have uh, I've never I'd never really been through that before so um, you know I, I remember talking to you Joe and like there was so much information that you provided that like I just had it was all new to me and, and it was definitely overwhelming um so yeah it, 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 I'm, <laughs> it's been a journey like you said um but yeah it's like you have to 
you know, really start, start somewhere and just kind of do one thing at a time and, and plug away at it. And, you know, luckily I'm in a much better place now. Yep. And, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about that journey of quote, unquote, being on a, you know, the, a better place now, but you know, what happened and we see this a lot is, and this didn't necessarily happen with Connor, but we see this all the time where people, they, they actually delay coming to us uh, for a year, two, three years. Um, and the reason being is because they get these advertisements for like refinancing and they'll go and check and then they just don't qualify and they think that's all they can do. So they just, they just say, Oh, well, what can fit bucks do for me? I already checked. Okay. And Connor's a perfect example of why you can't just say, well, I checked and that's it for me. And like I said, he, he, you had not checked rates before you came to us, but when we were on our call, we looked at student loan refinance companies and you were getting denied. And I was like, what, what, this doesn't make sense. Like we're looking at the ratio, something here doesn't make sense. And you know, I have this in my notes, but do you recall why you were getting denied? Yeah, I believe it was because of my credit score. Uh, my credit score was a little bit low at the time. And uh, yeah, now that I think back to those conversations, I think uh, luckily you had kind of looked into things and, and kind of saw that one of my undergraduate loans uh, had kind of uh, slid under the radar and, and hadn't been managed properly and uh, was kind of driving down my credit score. So, Yep, and that's exactly why it was. So it wasn't because Connor had bad you know, ratios that these lenders look at, but you had a 640 credit score. So that's below the minimums. And even if you have a co-signer, they won't let you get it. And basically what happened was there was some, some bad reporting on the credit report. So we extended the loans out and Connor, I mean, you did some legwork and sent some stuff to the, to the credit report uh, reporting companies and got that disputed and actually won the dispute. And so the next time, as soon as that, that happened, the, the credit score basically within um, you know, a short time period, a few months, popped up to a 683, okay? And so at that point in time, Connor was able to refinance some of his loans and we're able to get it down to about a 6% rate on some of his loans that were upwards. I don't recall how exactly how high they were. I think they were like a 10 or 11% range. Do you remember how high they were? Yeah, I think it was somewhere around 10 or 11%. Yeah, sure. yeah. I don't remember exactly, but it was high. Yes, I mean, so that, that goes exactly, you know, to show you, and we work with all the people all the time about, is there something false on there that needs to be corrected? And that's something that I hear all the time is, you know, just because you're in school doesn't mean you don't need, need to look at your credit. Make sure that you're looking at it to make sure that everything is right. Because in Connor's case, it was preventing him from refinancing. But maybe you don't need to refinance. Maybe it's something where it's like, hey, I want to buy a house in three years. And it's like, um, you know, I, I can't do it because of my credit score. It's like, well, start working on that credit score. There's different things you can do. And I'm more than happy to help you guide you through that. Uh, but again, in Connor's case, it was exactly tied to dollars and cents. I mean, being able to drop that interest rate on those loans that he had was going to save him about $1,200 a month or a year. I'm sorry, for every year that he had his loan. So if he had those loans for 10 years, just that drop in interest rate was going to save him about 12 grand versus not being able to refinance. So, I mean, that that's first and foremost. So from there, you, you refinanced. That was back in like May of 2019. Um, yep. Yep. Almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, between, 
2018, 2019, and then till today, you know, just talk a little bit about your journey financially of what you've been doing. Uh, because today, I'll talk about this as well. His credit score at that time was 683. It went all the way up to almost 750 now. So just talk a little bit about what you've been doing and just staying on top of and going from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Joe really helped me. And, and like I've heard you talk about before, like it's, it's, it's not about like just student debt, but like your whole financial profile. So like Joe was able to help me come up with a game plan and kind of a priority list of, of like, what is going to be most important for me to, to put myself in a better position? So um, first and foremost, like like Joe said, like we went over my credit score. We, we, we looked at that and, and I, I was able to dispute something and win that dispute. So, um, you know, I, I was able to get my credit score up um, initially. Um, and then, yeah, also, um, you know, my goal this year is, is, is to buy a home. So, you know, we talked about putting money away, saving for, for a down payment on a home. Also... Um, you know, putting money into into my 401k with my employer, um, and, and basically just coming up with 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 this this priority list. So um, also too, like I had no idea, like I had all these loans, like I said, and, and I didn't know, you know, what any of them really meant. Some of them had different interest rates, some higher than others, and 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 like you alluded to earlier, Joe, um, I, I had taken out some Perkins loans, uh, some government loans, and. Unbeknownst to me, uh, if you work in the medical field, you can have those loans uh, forgiven uh, if you serve, I believe, five years. So um, basically, Joe got me started on that process uh, of loan forgiveness. Um, so, yeah, so basically, and I think it's just it's just consistency. It's just doing the work. Um, none of this was like fun or pleasurable for me, but um, I knew like, you know, just looking at that, that large, uh, you know, some total of student debt that I had, you know, and, and, and thinking about kind of the, the life I wanted to live and, 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 and whatnot going forward, like I, I had to take action. I had to do something about it. So. Yeah, that's, that's exciting to hear. I, I mean, when, so the reason why, you know, Connor in January of this year, 2020, contacted us again because I had sent out an email so those of you that don't know we keep a database and we have nine student loan lending partners we keep a database of different rates and what we think people can qualify for and one of our lenders uh, had dropped their rates pretty tremendously so we sent out an email in January saying hey go you guys go check your rates and basically it kind of ran in I believe he ran into it again where it's like yeah hey I, I checked but the rates aren't I, either they gave you they gave you no offer and it was like right okay and again this is something that we run into too it's like no you qualify but if you were just to, to just do this on your own and give up it's like what's going on here and this is just like a little tidbit that you learn like being in my situation because we see this garbage all, so so often but like let's just say you graduated you know, year, two, three, four, five years ago, and you went to one of these student loan refinance companies and you filled out their application and they denied you or they gave you really bad rates. In Connor's case, when he went back, because he used the same email, it pulled up all the old information. And so I just turned around and told him that he didn't qualify. Yeah. So when he emailed me, he was like, I don't qualify. I was like, try a different email address. And guess what? That he went from before he refinanced the first time, like a 10 or 11% loan, down to 6.5%. And because his credit score is up to uh, 750 now, he was able to drop that down to about a 4.5% interest rate. Yeah. 
So literally going, uh, cutting that interest rate in half um, and, and saving thousands and thousands of dollars just by being able to say, okay, what do I need to do? Setting up a game plan and the key part, actually implementing it. That's been, you know, obviously the most important piece. And so that was one of the questions that I was going to ask is oftentimes, you know, and I'm actually going to do a podcast about this where we talk about, you know, just behavior and, you know, making sure that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. But so far in a podcast that we've done, one of the big common traits about people being able to accomplish, accomplish their goals financially, no matter what it is, is, is having somebody there to hold them accountable. You know, in your life, Connor, who, who is that person and how they've been there for you? Basically just saying, hey, like, you, you know, doing this, basically not being a bad influence on you, if you will. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Uh, definitely uh, my girlfriend, Laura. Um, so she um, also has uh, a pretty significant amount of student debt. She um, got her MBA. So uh, we're both kind of going through the same thing right now where we kind of have this mountain of, of student debt. And, you know, we, we also have other financial goals. Um, you know, like I said, we, we want to buy a house uh, together this year. Um, you know, we want to save for retirement. So, you know, we're, we're on a very, very strict budget. Um, you know, we both like our jobs, we have great jobs, but you know, um, just that the student debt, like looking at that every month and facing that every month is a lot. So, you know, we've kind of come up with a, a pretty, you know, we're, we're on the same page, you know, we're on the same page. We know what our goals are and we have a pretty good system where, you know, we, we try to save where we can and we don't, you know, we, we treat ourselves sometimes we'll go out to dinner here and there, but you know, we're not getting takeout all the time. We're not going out to dinner all the time. And we're, you know, we do go on vacations, but we're, we're very careful about how long our vacations are, or how much money those cost. So, you know, we've really kind of mapped out our, our priorities well, and um, those mean a lot to us. And, and, and like I said, she's in the same boat as me with her student debt. And, you know, she, we hold each other accountable. And um, yeah, so like, like you said, you know, um, it's, it's pretty nice. Like, you know, it, it's, it's at the beginning, it's, it's just this awful feeling, <laughs> but you just have to chip away at it and you have to be consistent. And, uh, you know, like you said, I, I started, uh, in a, <laughs> not the best position, but, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still on my journey, but I'm in a much better place, uh, than I was, uh, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, on that too, like one of the things, you know, I relate a lot of this stuff to like sports and all that type of stuff and the accountability thing, like working out, for example, like somebody holding you accountable and the way you eat and all that type of stuff, it, it plays a role, not just in finance, but everything. And it's funny because, you know, I tell people like, if we set up a budget for them or something like that, it's like, look, you know, try doing this for a few months, but the goal is, is just to try to be conscious about what you're doing for two or three weeks. And people come back to us, they're like, you know, that two or three week thing really works. They're like, where'd you come up with that? And it, you brought up personal training. I remember sitting there like talking to a personal trainer when I was like 16 or 17. And, you know, his thing was most people, if they can just force themselves to go to the gym for two to three weeks or work out for two to three weeks, once they pass that hump, it almost becomes just second nature. Like you have to do it. Like right. it's just, it just becomes right. normal, but it's a matter of getting there and doing it for those two or three weeks and not making those excuses. And it's the same thing with like money. It's like, all right, I'm going to do this, right? You do it for four or five days. You're really good at work. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. You're not going out. You're bringing your, your lunch to right. work, all that type of stuff yep. Maybe at home, whatever it is. 
and all of a sudden it's Friday and you get a phone call from your friends. Hey, we're going out, like, let's go eat dinner and, mm -hmm. and go. And it's like, Oh shit. And then you go and do it. Right. Whereas, I mean, you can right. still go do it. Just be conscious about, you know, what, how much you're spending, like go out and don't go out and spend $150 on dinner. Um, exactly. <laughs> and so in those vacations, I'm like that one weird guy that just wants to be by himself and stay at home for my vacation. <laughs> Staycation. <laughs> it's like my vacation is if I could send everybody out of my house and be alone. Nah. <laughs> That's nice too. That's nice too. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's all good stuff. So, that's the big thing is I wanted to really have Connor share his journey because I mean, he started off at that 640 score and a lot of the, the podcasts that we've done have been around, you know, people paying off 200 grand in like four years, some of that, or saving X amount of money in X amount of time. And Connor's is really a, a journey of, Hey, like I wasn't in the, in the greatest space financially, you know, mostly like everybody else because they don't really have a financial background, but it's like, where do I even start? you know, and his credit score was down because of the, the, the stuff you had to go to dispute. And so it, it goes along that journey of saying, this is how this stuff, it's not just student loans, it affects everything. And to give you guys a, a bigger like clue of how impactful what Connor has done. So we don't talk about this that much and advertise it that much because we're still working on it, but we're going to be rolling some stuff out in uh, March, April, May time period. And it centers around the Fitbox score. And so those of you that built your profile, you've seen it. Again, we don't talk about it that much. But what the Fitbox score essentially is doing is it's saying, based on where you're at right now, what is the probability that you're going to be able to hit retirement and not run out of money? And basically, we want to get that probability above a, a 700, which is a 700 Fitbox score. So, Connor, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you first came on, you were like a 470 Fitbox score. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As of today, you're a 700. Oh, awesome. Okay. Awesome. And that's, that's within a two, two and a half year time span. Just increasing the probability of being able to retire just simply by doing what you're doing by over 50%. I mean, that, that, that's tremendous. And like you said, once you start going that route, it, it, everything just starts becoming very easy. So, it is awesome to see. That's what wakes me up every morning um, and gets me excited about some of this stuff. So, Connor, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, really, before, you know, we, we let everybody go and, and get off the podcast, any last words or anything of uh, words of encouragement you want to provide anybody? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just, you know, know that, that you're not alone if you have student debt. Um, I know, like I said, when, when I first looked at uh, how much I had in student debt, like my stomach just dropped. It, it was the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> um, and I knew that I had a long way to go. Um, so once you kind of get over that, um, and hopefully you work with Joe and Fitbox and you come up with a plan and, and he can get you on the right track, like you said, it, you, you, you get in that habit, you get in that habit and it compounds over time. So um, yeah, I'm just really thankful for, for everything Joe's done for me. And um, so yeah, just uh, hang in there uh, and you know, you're not alone, so. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Connor, thanks again. It, it's always fun talking. And uh, you know, anybody listening, if you guys have questions, all you have to do is go to fitbox.com, build your profile, schedule a call. Uh, it's all free, as you know, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks, Jeff. Yep.